the National Archives podcast series, Q Lives, Reconstructing the Past, presented by Emily Ward-Willis. This talk was recorded on the 3rd of September 2015 at the National Archives, Q. Welcome to Q Lives, everybody. Um, as Audrey said, this is my first talk, so please be gentle with me. Um, before we start, can I ask, is there anybody here from Q um, who has lived in Mortlake Terrace or has had any friends or has anybody worked in Mortlake Terrace? Perfect, we've got some experts. <laughs> Q Lives Reconstructing the Past. This is a case study talk. Um, we were asked by the Richmond Local History Society, um, local studies, to become um, involved in the um, Know Your Place Heritage Festival, which goes throughout September. And this is part of, this pro of their programme. Now, when we were asked to get involved, as Audrey said, um, I also frequently pass Q Mortlake Terrace every day coming into work. So I thought it was a perfect opportunity to do a little bit more investigation about something I see on a daily basis and have done for the, sort of the past 10 years. So I just thought it was a perfect opportunity. So this map here, it looks, it's about 1850, and it's just a tithe map which just shows you the local area and who the land was owned by. Now Mortlake Terrace is just indicated where that um, arrow is. Just that it wasn't built at the time of this map, but it sort of gives you the local area. And it was actually, the land it was built on was part of the Dillman Estate. Mortlake Shops and Sales was built in about 1870, and they were a purpose-built shops for the area. And it was the, the sole purpose was to serve local community through the shops. Um, okay, sorry about that. Um, so just to recap, this was um, built on about 1870, and it was part of the Dillman Estate, and they were purpose-built shops for the to serve the community area of Kew. And here they are. This was taken a couple of months ago in 2015 by yours truly. Okay, so um, some of the sources that I used to do this piece of research are just displayed on the board here. It's not focused just purely on national archives sources. I also looked at and spent some time at Richmond Local Studies Library uh, and used the online sources and Surrey History Centre sources as well. So this is a standalone piece of research. It's not comprehensive. Um, I, I compiled it over a couple of months. There are lots of other sources out there that I haven't been able to use in the time frame. Um, and not only um, can the sources be used to look at Q, if you're interested in the local area where you live, they're also useful sources to look and study at your local area. So um, when I started... Um, Audrey and I had a conversation thinking about the best way to approach this piece of research and we decided that we would look at um, the shops every 10 years. So we decided that looking at it from the census year also gives us that extra um, resource so we could make use of looking at the census. Now not only did we use the census, I went and had a look at indexes for um, the Kelly's index, index trade Kelly's trade directory, which then enabled me to go further on because obviously the census stops at 1911. 
There are gaps in my research, as you can see the blank space is just there, just because I wasn't able to get the sources from trade directories because they stopped in about 1980. Um, and of course, not every, and the Richmond Circle of Studies didn't have every single year. It's, when you look at sources, sometimes they don't have, there are gaps in their collection. So this is just an overview. This is also on the wall just over there. So if you did want to have a closer look at it, please feel free after the talk. And if you've also got any suggestions about places that I've missed, please feel free to come and speak to me just so I can fill in the gaps because if we've got some locals in, local knowledge is very important. So one of the uh, sources was the census. This one is from 1901 and as you can see, Mortlake Terrace is there and you've got 1A, 1 and 2 on this sheet and it lists the whole entire family um, who were present on census night at the time. It gives their ages their occupations, and also where they were born, and if they were an employer or worker um, at the shop or in other places, because we have on some of the census returns got people who were lodging, lodging there and working in Kew Gardens. This, of course, is only a snapshot because it is only one night, so there may be people who were working there or living there who may not have been at home at the time of census night but it just gives you a key bit of information and it enables you to create a broader picture of who was at home and the relationships between the individuals. I also looked at Kelly's um, Richmond directory, the trade directories. Um, they, these are two um, pictures from ones in our collections. We only do have two for Richmond. Um, Richmond Local Studies have a co more comprehensive selection but it lists all of the streets in the in the area in alphabet um, alphabetically. So um, obviously we are looking at Mortlake Terrace, and then it lists all of the people there who had businesses, and it tells you what business is they were actually running at the time. This one here is from 1930, and then later is 1958. So it just gives you a little bit of an overview there. The 1910 valuation of this survey is also a very useful resource to look at who was living and who owned properties in the time. Again, it is only a snapshot um, because it was sort of taken between 1910 to 1915 because it did take a while for them to do all the processing. Unfortunately, we don't hold one for Q, hence why I have one for Ottomuth, which, which but I wanted to give you an overview of what they actually look like and what they could actually tell you. So each of the maps have got handwritten or printed or typed numbers on them, just as I've ringed one just there, 1038. Now this corresponds to a, value, a field book which then tells you all useful information about who owned the property, how long their tenancy term was for, who was renting the property at the time, how long they've been there, and various other outgoings, tax. And sometimes they even give you drawings and extra additional information in. So I just wanted to show this to you because if you're obviously doing one which was not Q, these would be a fantastic resource. There are two 
copies of the maps, we hold one and normally a county record office would hold another one. So there may be one for Richmond Local Studies. But in the time at Richmond Local Studies, but in the time frame, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go and have a look to see if they actually had one. But that's what they look like. So now I'm going to give you a, a case study, one of two of my favourite case studies of documentation that I found at Mortlake Terrace while I was doing research. So we're, we're looking at number three here, which is indicated by the arrow, which is now currently occupied by Dexter's estate agents. And it's my favourite, burglary by policeman. Um, William, William Guthrie, who is actually really called Willie Guthrie, but the press reports call him William. He was a 20, he's 25 and a police constable of the V Division, which I think is Wandsworth. Uh, and, and he was indicted at the Old Bailey for burglaring the dwelling house of Eli Marshall, who was the chemist's. And he stole a flooring. Um, it's a really interesting case because basically Eli and he, he was in the shop the week before. He had some commotion and saw this gentleman, Willie, burgering the shop. He thought, well, I can't deal with this on my own because he's an officer of the law. So he then decided to get a few of his friends and they would lie and wait for him to come back because it had not been the first time that he'd actually entered the property. So, one o'clock in the morning, they hear a commotion. Willie comes into the shop and he then gets caught red-handed. Um, they approach him and he said, well, I I'm here because the door was open. I've come to investigate. <laughs> they obviously didn't believe him because there was money on the counter. Now, this money, they had put some chemical on so they could tell that it had been touched. So they called the another constable who took Willie away. Obviously, Willie was a serving policeman. And this record here shows his um, entrance into the force. So he entered the force on the 8th of May, 1880. And that's his number. And you can see just there, he was dismissed on the 5th of May, 1882. Now, this um, document doesn't give you much information on its own. But the document next to it, which is the police orders, tells you that PC Guthrie was convicted at the Central Criminal Court and sentenced to 18 months hard labour for burglary. No pay. Which is hard surprising considering what he was up to. This is my second case study that I had a, uh, came across. This is number eight, Mortlake Terrace. It is now occupied by Q Frame. However, there is always an impact of war. The First World War comes along, and Thomas Frederick Cotton, he's already in the Royal Navy, so he's an established Royal Naval seaman. However, his wife is living at number six, Mortlake Terrace. Unfortunately, in 1914, Thomas Frederick Cotton dies. 
he his ship was caught by a German submarine. His wife obviously then becomes a widow, and here is a is the Q War Memorial. Thomas Frederick Cotton is not on this. He's not listed on this war, war memorial. He is listed on the one in Richmond. Here is the um, Royal Navy Death Index. Um, it lists all of the seamen that died consequence of the war. Thomas Frederick Cotton is at the top here, and it gives you all the details about him, his ship that he was serving on, where he was born his date of death, his cause of death, and then it gives and lists the wife or next of kin. And in this case, it's his wife, Elsie. And she there is living at number six, Mortlake Terrace. That little symbol just in at the end where it says, um, we can just see it says cemetery, that zero with a cross in means that his body wasn't recovered. So there is no grave for him, but he's listed in Portsmouth also on their war memorial to soldiers whose bodies were not recovered. Poor Elsie is now a widow and she's living at number six Mortlake Terrace. 1915, just a little after a year after she lost her husband, she marries Mr. Potter. Now, Mr. Potter is also living at number six, Mortlake Terrace, but Mr. Potter is the grocer. Now, the grocers was actually at number eight, so I believe they were lodging over number six and working at number eight. It's just a basic overview for you. So it just remains we just thank you all very much for coming, but mainly thank Emily for all the work that she's done um, and for tonight's talk. Thank you very much. This podcast is copyright to the National Archives, rights reserved. It is available for reuse under the terms of the Open Government Licence.